Simple Suttas, a podcast on original Buddhism. Visit us at simplesuttas.wordpress.com. The other difficulty there is that, um, you know, we know that the, the text is not word for word from, from the Buddha. We know that there are, you know, textural corruptions. We know that these are just the rememberings of, of fallible individuals through, sure. you know, all, all these centuries. And so, uh, you know, how, how literally do we take one word or one phrase or even one sutta when we know that there's, you know, so yeah. uh, the best we can do is take the stuff that's said over and over again, it's talked about as being the most important and live that yeah. as far as we can. Well, exactly. And too, I mean, that's, you know, uh, well, okay, I got a question for you about some oh, stuff. So yeah, 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 that's, yeah, right. go, yeah no, that, that's, I hope that answers it. So yes, I think it's um, definitely possible. I mean, and also um, it is outlined in the Brahmajala Sutta that uh, there are many people that can remember their past lives or have had that experience um, that have seen the arising and passing away of beings and yet are still not enlightened. Um, that they develop wrong view from that that point. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know that's another thing. But uh, I think it's one of those things where um, also, like I said, uh, when I sent that email. There are a sp- specific set of suttas where he says, you know, if you've really developed fourth jhana, that uh, oh, uh, all these six knowledges, the six higher knowledges, the knowledges of of other people's minds, of uh, you know the divine eye, the divine ear. All these things you should be able to do just like it's just like he said like just tipping over a full water jar right like that the water is just gonna pour out and so I think once again not necessarily that the six higher knowledges are so important because once again he says over and over again that's the purpose of the path Mm. except for you know the destruction of the uh, asavas he says is is the purpose but um, not that those are so important but you know um, I've read many People, you know, I, I check out the Buddhist message boards too, and there's people that are like absolutely sure. Oh yeah, fourth jhana, just like every single day, no problem whatsoever. Just hitting it, 15 minutes it, bam, just right there, right. <laughs> and so, you know, I I would fear if I felt that way ever that if I could not access those higher knowledges, that I was severely deluded in my practice. Yeah, I think that's right. Right, and that 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 needs to be, you know, once again, it's not the purpose, but it's a kind of uh, you know, system of checks and balances. Oh, if you really believe that you've really hit fourth jhana and you can hold it for as long as you want and all this kind of stuff, but there's no higher knowledge coming out of that, well, there's a good chance that you're not really sitting there in fourth jhana. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that, this overestimation is uh, easy to do, and I think it's especially tempting uh, when uh, there's no culture of, uh, you know, not telling everyone. You know, for 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 the for the monastics, you're not supposed to tell lay people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, not supposed to tell them even if it's definitely true. Yeah. M- much less, and, and then you know, it's cause for dis- disrobing if you yeah. say something that's not true about you yeah. about achieving higher states. And I, I think, uh, you know, I, I try to do that uh, to not talk about those things for myself, uh, except with a teacher or a you know serious dhamma friend who yeah. Yeah, I, I know is going to take it in the right way. Yeah. And, yeah. And then also try to have a lot of humility about what it exactly means. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, as we talked about before, I just think it's, it's really, really difficult to, uh, to know for yourself and also really, really difficult to interpret what, uh, you know, what an according to Hoyle experience yeah. is, even if you, yeah. you are, are able to say it. I mean, and, you know, I think very wise people have uh, said to me, say, well, look at your life. Is your life getting more people? Is your life getting better? Is your life getting more peaceful? Are you arguing with people less? 
You know, um, are you less deluded? Are you less concerned about the things that everybody else is concerned with? Do more of that then. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Maybe you're headed in the right direction. Yeah. Right? Um, If the opposite is true and you start arguing with people about this or that or the other thing, and even if it's, you know, this suit of that suit of this meditative attainment, this, that, well, you're screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, did you say you had a question? I've got another one. But oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's we'll finish yours up. Mine are going to be completely uh, extemporized. So. All right. Well, here's a, here's a juicy one. So cool. there's no Vipassana on the Eightfold Path. Modern Vipassana movement treats Vipassana as an advanced practice that one does based on good samadhi. But they also, confusingly to my mind, relate it to mindfulness, as though Vipassana was mindfulness or something like that. Do you think this is right, that it's wrong? That a vipassana isn't really a practice, but it's just a description of a state. That it's a, that it, vipassana is mindfulness, but they don't happen, you know, in that order or something else. What, what do you think the place of vipassana is? Well, I mean, let's. I mean, I think that if we trace that etymology of that particular word and the way that it's used now, I think we're going to trace it probably back to Sido, something like that. That makes sense, right? Um, and. If it's a powerful practice and it works for people, great, you know. Um, and I think that, I guess the first book that I ever um, became kind of uh, like the first Buddhist book that I ever read of any kind uh, was called "Becoming Enlightened" by the Dalai Lama. And the previous book that I read to that was "Art of Happiness," and mm. like it was good, it was good. But I was like, man, you know what? Time to get weird. I'm just, I, if he tells me that there's some radiant dakini and I have to like pray to it, you know what? If it works, I'm going to do it. So whatever. And so I picked up that book and a lot of the practices that he talks about in the Northern tradition are, it's a combination of breath meditation and like contemplation. Mm. And um, that was extremely helpful to me at that period in my life. Um, that I think if I would have just sat there and tried to get calmer and calmer mind states, um, it wouldn't have really been able to do what I needed it to do. You needed to sink your teeth into something more active. Uh, yeah, I needed to sink my teeth into something more active, but also like I, when I came across that book, you know, people don't run to these things because life is wonderful and everything's <laughs> going great, right? It's like your life is out of control. You don't know how to manage it, um, all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, the type of uh, contemplative practice that he talked about is, is um, essentially a variation of the five khandhas he was doing, uh, you know, and he was also talking about meta meditation and all this kind of different ways that you can do meta and all this kind of stuff. And so that idea of that I am going to sit and I'm going to clear my mind as much as possible and then I'm going to take up this idea and I'm going to put it in there and I'm just going to turn it over like I might roll, you know, a Rubik's cube over and over and over, look at it from all these different angles. And, and here's this piece of philosophy. And from what I conceive, what I've seen in my own life, is this true? Is this the, really the way that it is? That man, it really, really helped me out in a way that if I had just waited until I was absolutely sure that I was hit fourth jhana and was like (laughs) leaving my body and seeing, you know, past lives or whatever, uh, you know, I'd still be <laughs> still be sitting on my cushion, and I'd, I'd maybe have a peaceful meditation. Then I get up and get pissed off at my kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that is so right. This uh, you know that th- there's an idea that somehow thinking about ideas 
is not helpful in, in meditation. But that, you know, it's clearly not the case, right? The, the, and that uh, that while it's not the same as breath meditation, sort of chewing over a Buddhist a Buddhist teaching can be incredibly useful. You know, I usually don't do it on the cushion. I usually do it, you know, walking those little woods by us, and I, I just kind of will take a walk and see if I can. You know, make sense of it, say it out loud to myself, to, you know, to chew it over, and and that's been very beneficial to me over the years. And it's it's not a, it's not meditation in the same way that metta or, or breath is, but yeah. it's 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 a it's a useful mental activity. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like I'm I'm drilling down into my subconscious, right? Yeah, yeah. That this idea that if I combine the two practices, sometimes that I can get to a very smooth mind state, very subtle mind state, where there's very little activity going on, even chatter or pre-thoughts hmm. start there. And then I can, from that place, decide, okay, I'm going to try and chew over this teaching and not self, right? Because how many hundreds of times have I been over that, right? <laughs> In waking consciousness, just sitting there and thinking about it, you know, in no special kind of mind state, maybe even in some kind of, uh, you know, some sort of halfway meditative state. But the deeper and deeper I get, I feel like I'm really drilling in. You know, we talked about dream practice. And in some ways, I feel like um, I feel like dream practice, although it's not a distinctly Buddhist practice necessarily. Um, you know, if I can keep my mindfulness, if I can keep my right effort, if I can, um, especially nonviolent reaction in dreams is really, really tricky, right? I mean, there's times where you're getting murdered or whatever. Hmm. And, and, you know, do you try and fight back? And a lot of times when you try and fight back, well, you find that it's completely useless. The person's way stronger than you are, right? And so there you are, you're getting stabbed to death and you're screaming and crying about it. And, um, you know, other times, if you can face it with a certain degree of mindfulness, uh, you're going to get attacked and you say, if that's the way, that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. And I'm going to sit here. And if I die, then I die. And that feels very different and a lot of times the result in the dream is very different like something that was so threatening and so scary all of a sudden becomes non-threatening and then it's a friend hmm. right and and i feel like um you know it's just drilling into successive layers trying to get this teaching deeper and deeper into the mind to the point where um you know when something happens that's really really challenging and no longer you know the first place that you go is not to the place where you usually go but to to where you've cultivated for so long by the way this is a complete aside but do you sleep in the lion's pose uh on occasion i do um <laughs> it depends uh depends on uh if i'm sleeping alone or if i'm you know like if i'm on uh, you know out traveling or something i might um and it depends on, on how much I'm really trying to get into my practice at the time. You know, um, sometimes if I'm, you know, I, I tend to alternate the way my practice works is that um, I will spend extensive periods of time just practicing, not reading anything. Hmm. Um, you know, I've read so many teachings at this point that, that they're all there at the snap of a finger. And so um, I don't read anything and I just literally practice, I'll meditate, I'll, uh, you know, eat once a day or whatever, you know, and just really, really try and get on my practice, watch every single reaction that I have with everyone very, very closely. How is my mind reacting? How am I acting? Right. Um, and then there's other periods where I say, okay, I've done a lot of study and, and maybe it's time to get some new angles on things. And so I go over the suttas and you know, I guess my practice recently has been trying to uh, memorize the wings to awakening. Oh, nice. Right? Um, because it's one of the things that in, as he's dying, Parent, Parent of Anasita, he says, if, if this teaching is carried along, 
you know, if this teaching is remembered, it'll be for everybody's well-being, you know, divas, brahmas, human beings. And so, you know, I guess that's something that I've been trying to add in is this idea of maybe I'm not going to memorize entire suttas, maybe I'm not going to memorize Pali chanting, but maybe if I can just memorize some of these things that he says are really core teachings, really important, and so that I can always carry them with me and that, uh, you know, they're not going anywhere. Oh, I think that's so good. Uh, from, from time to time, I've done some, some work trying to memorize some things and haven't, you know, like you said, not, not massive amounts, but it's incredible when, they, you, when you have something right there that... Uh, that something comes up during the day and a phrase, you know, occurs to you. Something, you know, you're, you're having a conversation with yourself, a phrase occurs to you. It's so useful. And it's great to be able to have something, you know, online, searchable database index in your, you know, have the book on the shelf. Completely different thing when it's right there in your brain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to do more of that over the years. Yeah, I think the first uh, one I did was the... Uh, other than just some little things, you know, a chant before I, I meditate and things was the uh, metta sutta. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just so many little bon mots in that, so mm-hmm. many little phrases. Was that, that in Pali or in English that you got to memorize? I memorized it in English uh, okay. because I, I, I do do some, some Pali chanting, uh, but uh, I thought that one was more useful in English. Sure, yeah. <laughs> My Pali is not uh, where I can have conversations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's basically non-existent. It's just when individual yeah. words, individual words yeah. keep coming up again and again and again. You see different translations, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I want to know what that word that's exactly it and when it's these bizarre things that we keep laughing about yeah so i guess that's kind of a non-answer but uh you know trace the etymology of that practice does that practice work for you um you know and um and and how far you know how far are you taking that practice um do your experiences of everyday life and the experiences of your meditation uh, match up at least somewhat with what uh, is, is being said in the suttas and if yeah sure then Sure, keep going at it, and then you know, if you find that it's not useful at some point, and change your practice up. Well, then change your practice up. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I guess the Dhamma Brothers. Uh, Do you ever see that documentary? It's about these guys that did a ten-day retreat in a prison, and mm. just the kind of uh, results that those people had, and mm. and it's just really incredible to people that had you know murdered their wife and stuff, and all yeah. of a sudden they're just sitting there on the mat and just crying and. And kind of having this whole new perspective on life and, um, you know, and that they become devoted practitioners for the rest of their lives. In the middle of prison, they're never getting out, wow. you know. So uh, we know that that's a powerful practice, right? Um, is it exactly what was intended? Mm, who knows? <laughs> <laughs>